Yeah, I always tell myself this, and actually other people sometimes when I meet them is, if I didn't have horses in my life, I'd be a completely different person because a, I wouldn't have the horses, and then also my attitude for certain things, or just like my personality overall in general. Hi, this is Allie, and you're listening to another episode of the Leading Rain podcast. Every week, Noah and I dive into some aspect of the horse industry. We don't shy away from difficult topics, and we love to share all the feel-good stories. We want you to show up to this and laugh a little, but learn a lot. We're so excited to share this with you, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Leading Rain. Today, we get to do one of our very favorites, Amateur Hour even though sometimes it's not quite an hour, but we're on with one of my very favorite people, Miss Corey Allen. Thank you, Corey, for taking the time to chat with us today. I'm super excited about this. Yeah, me too. You know, get to share my my story. <laughs> so I've known you forever. I don't think um, I, we were chatting about this and I said I didn't know how long I knew you. I still don't know how long I've known you. I don't want to. I don't want to count. I don't want to do the math because it's going to make me feel old. A good but, amount of time. <laughs> a long enough amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think that you are very interesting in general. Obviously, I absolutely adore you. But beyond that, I think that you have a very relatable journey within life and with horses, and how you've been able to kind of bring both of those together. So I want to just dive in. I want you to tell us just a little bit about like right how you got started with horses and paint the picture for us. Like, did you come from a horse family? Did you not? Just give us kind of the introduction. Yeah. So when I was growing up, my parents didn't really have any interest in horses, but I did a lot of summer camps when I was younger. So starting when I was five, I started going to my summer camps um, for like regular sports, kind of, you know, like volleyball and soccer. But then I did a horse camp and I loved it a lot. And it was the usual, like, you paint a horse, you put like handprints over it. But it was still like really fun. And at the time, I just saw it kind of as like the fun, like activity you get to do as a kid. But then I started taking lessons and my mom um, decided to start leasing a horse. So we started riding more. I didn't do just summer camps, like, I kept doing them. But I also started taking lessons and we started kind of moving around from trainer to trainer, just figuring out like what was right. I myself was like moving up, I guess you could say, through like different levels, like not moving up necessarily like riding wise, but just figuring out different things that I wanted to do rather than like just Western or like English. And then like I picked going to an Arab trainer. So um, I started riding Arabs a lot. And um, we did, like, the whole, like, Arab circuit and all of, like, the Arab shows. And so eventually, after leasing maybe two or three horses, we decided to buy a horse. I think I was eight or nine, which is the horse I still have now. And 
that was an interesting thing. So at first it was like, okay, and I was really excited. Like, just so everyone is clear, I mean, you didn't have, it was just you and your mom. Like, you didn't yeah. have at this point really anybody in your life with a lot of force experience guiding you. Like, you were kind of like, yeah. oh, this fun, not fun. I feel drawn to this or not. And it was just really you and her, right? Yeah, like, I didn't have any friends that were really motivating me, like, no, like, older friends, and uncles didn't ride, my grandparents never had horses, it was just me and my mom. Yep. (laughs) And, I mean, my dad, you know, he's a show dad, he shows up to the shows. He always brings the watermelon. Yeah, always got the watermelon, (laughs) always got the carrots, you know, for the horses, but he wasn't even, even really into it, so it was just me and my mom. So that was a little tough. That's actually where we ran into some problems. We didn't really know what was, like, right and wrong. And we didn't also know what was, like, going to go somewhere or actually what the right horse was going to be. Luckily, we lucked out with a good horse that has a good personality, so it was okay. But we did struggle a lot just not having really any guidance. And I think also the guidance we did have didn't really, like, help us. But luckily... Um, We found somebody from your barn that was, I think, body clipping horses there. And she kind of was helping, like, ride my horse and, like, helping me. And she was kind of like a big sister to me and always helping me out. So one day she came out to the lesson and she watched and was like, that's not right. Your horse is lame. (laughs) And so... Luckily, since she knew Tina, she, I think she, Tina was done, like, um, taking new clients at the time. You guys were kind of like, we're not going to do this anymore. Like, bringing on full-on, like, riding students. I mean, luckily, you know, you brought me on. And so, um, (laughs) you also, like, took Callie in, and we did, um, a lot of injections, finally got her Yeah, she had a little, she almost came in and I remember at the time I had just, like, I don't think I was there super full time at that point, but I do remember almost, she almost came in like as rehab first. Yeah. Yeah. And then had to go into like normal program. Like she started in like the rehab program and then had to graduate. Yeah. So first she was just like, um, get the injections, go out in a pasture, be a horse, like just you know, relax, get those muscles good. And yeah, I think you were gone at the Dupe Six place training or starting to train there. So yeah, after I think, yeah, like about six, three to six months of just regular injections, running around, eating and getting chunky. Finally, we started to ride her, which was really difficult because she started out um, like you couldn't, you couldn't even go like past a walk. Like it was so bad. She was like, I wouldn't say crazy. She just had so much energy and so much PTSD from like the past training. That was really hard to get through. Get some baggage. Yeah. And we got through it. Luckily I was privileged enough to be able to kind of work with her myself also. And get to learn how to like train a horse and fix it and not just like get on and ride it and just you know have fun go to shows I got like to have the whole experience which was really honestly like the best thing for my childhood 
I think it really shaped me into like who I am today. And it really like showed discipline in like who I am and stuff. And it also led into a lot of like school. So like with school, it made me better and more disciplined with that, making sure I had all my homework done before I went to the barn. And so it was really hard at times because watching like you ride or something, I was like, oh, I'm not like that. (laughs) But eventually it like got better and you get to see your own progress, which was really cool. So after like a couple months, I'd be like, oh, I can do this now. Like I can get the hind like by myself. Like nobody has to watch me and make sure I'm doing it right. And so that was really cool to see all that progress. And I think it's really interesting because we were talking about this with somebody else. And when you're younger, I think it's hard to appreciate just because you don't have the the life experience and you can't see into the future and you don't have that hindsight and you don't you just don't have the experience to compare things against. Yeah. But how fulfilling, like you were mentioning, that journey can be. And I think one thing that does happen pretty regularly in this industry and especially among any level of competitors is we start to compare, but we're comparing usually apples to oranges and never apples to apples. And, yeah. and you know, it's like every person is their own individual and every individual has their own journey with it. And there's no two who are the same. And I think that is just so important. But I know when it, you're younger, because I went through this too, it's really hard to understand that. Yeah. And I think you do have to rely pretty heavily on your team and your peers and your group and your barn to like support you through that and through that journey and kind of on your, your ultimate, you know, your mission to have that meet that ultimate goal of really helping to develop a horse yourself. And so I know, yeah, I mean, I know that can be a tricky place to come from, but I want to talk a little bit about, cause you mentioned it school and I think pretty early on, like you knew your mom is a, is a excellent nurse and she's been a nurse for a long time. And that's what was her career path. And you've known for a long time that you want to be a doctor. You're not quite sure like what you want to do, but you want to be a doctor. And so you've always been since I've known you and you were very little, like very, very studious. And, you know, I think school can be very challenging now. It's I can't even, I look at school now compared to when I went to school and I was just just with social media and everything. I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I thought school was hard then. Like I can't even imagine going to school now just socially and academically and the, you know, it just keeps getting more and more difficult. And so how do you think Callie, like in your, not only your horse, Callie, but just the barn and kind of having that outlet, like, do you feel like that really helps your school experience? Yes, so much because out of like all the people that I had um, in my life, so my parents were always there and like family and you guys were always there, but friends in high school were always there. I mean, you know, like they come and go, but the one thing that was that your horse is always there and so it was really nice to just always have her there. Like at the end of the day, you can go to the barn and you can just relax. And um, it doesn't matter if you're riding or just like going to see her, like groom on her, give her some carrots and apples, which 
know, my horse always loves because she's chunky. So it was it was something that helped me like decompress after going to school. And it was really hard because there was there was a lot of like sacrifices versus like school versus going to like a horse show or something. So you always had to like make sure that I had good grades and that I always had turned in my assignments. So it really makes you accountable for like who you are in school because I know there's just a lot of students, like, they don't really have any motivation. They're just like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to school. I, like, I might go to college and I'm going to get a job. But for me, it was like, well, I have to do good on this test because I have to go and go to a show or something. And if I don't get a good grade then I won't get that. I think there's something really special about a passion-fueled motivation versus like a consequence-fueled motivation. And so I think uh, we were talking about this with somebody the other day also. Yeah, when you just have that passion, whether or not you choose to embark on a lifelong journey with it, whatever, that doesn't matter, right? In the moment, like you're really passionate about it. But usually with horses, you find that people, whenever they come into the horse world, whenever they're introduced to it, if they love it, they're going to commit to it for a long time. And they're going to do whatever they can to figure out how to keep horses in their life. And I think for you, I know, I mean, it's never been a question of, if you would ride or it was just like how to make that work. And I know for sure this conversation has evolved and progressed because you're in college now and you're looking at going to med school and then becoming a doctor and how all of that plays a role. Cause we've talked, I mean, you and I have talked about it. I know you've talked to Tina endlessly about it, just how you navigate kind of moving through life and bringing those forces with you. What are your plans and how to do it? And it's just such an important part. But like you said, I mean, I do think there is something very different about that passion filled, you know, motivation to be like, okay, I have Cali and no matter what, like I have to make sure I always have Cali. Yeah, it's like different for me because then I, I know I can take Cali like wherever I want. And with like med school, I also feel like less scared moving off places because I know I can take my horse with me. So, like, going to med school and stuff, I know a lot of people think it's, like, really scary. They're like, oh, gosh, it's med school. It's going to take up, like, 90% of my time, and I'm not going to have anything else to, like, do or whatever. But I know that I have Callie to still, like, I can take her wherever. She's portable. She's not, like, like, my parents, like, won't be moving with me, but my horse will. So it's just that, like, one constant in my life that's always there. And so... It's really nice. So now as you are moving into, well, I mean, you're not moving into being an adult. You've become an adult and you're navigating this next chapter of your life. Obviously, you you kind of go from this position where you're relying on your parents to structure all of your time and and make sure that you can get out there and, and you have to do your part of the bargain to, you know, hold up your end of it so that way you can do that. But now it's really like up to you and you are balancing currently jobs, school and horses. How has that transition been for you? Do you like this season of your life like more than high school? Are you looking forward to kind of the future with it? Are you a little nervous about it? Personally, I love it. At first, I was a little scared. I, you know, like I graduated during the year of like COVID happening. So 
it was really hard to like go straight from always having school and then just going out to the barn after and like um, I didn't have a job at the time so it was like super simple school and go to the barn and that was really it and then like you know do a little extra like hang out with friends but now with school being online you have your own time to figure out how to manage that so I kind of set my own schedule but also it's the idea that when I see my assignment is due today at night I'm not gonna wait until 10 at night to finish it like I have to do it before I go to the barn so um, if I have work in the morning and then I want to go to the barn after that I'm like okay well do I have any assignments to do because I have to do this first because otherwise you will get behind because I tried that. And let me tell you, staying up until two in the morning is not the best idea doing your homework then. (laughs) So the one thing is that horses are always going to be there. They're going to be there the next day and the next day and the next day. But your homework assignment has a deadline. So you have to do that first. Yep. It almost teaches you um, a very good way to like structure your day and time management. Because we all know that time management goes out the window as soon as you go to the barn. So you should never plan to do anything once you go to the barn. Because if you think you're spending an hour there, you're probably going to spend two hours. Yeah, just double the time. Yeah, like at first, I would just go to the barn and like spend a couple hours out there. And then I'd go home and be like, well, I got to do work now. And then... I had, and I realized then after like a week of doing that, it didn't take much time that I was like, oh, that's not working. But also, I was going to say, it's really good to have that time management to be able to figure it out because that was actually one of the things that I said when I was just applying for my job was I have time management and they were like, well, where did you learn that? Because like kids my age, they're like, there's no way. And so I kind of explained it to them and it was a really good like opportunity that like opened up more doors. So like stuff that you learn riding horses can also carry over to like real life situations and like your job and then also school and then I don't know, maybe relationships because honestly the relationship that you have with your horse like carries over to relationships with like actual people. Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking as you're saying this, I'm thinking you're pitching to your future bosses. Like I had to groom and I don't know if you've ever been late to a class with a horse, but it's not fun. Okay. So I know how to manage my time. I know. No, that was one of the things I like said to the guy that was hiring me. I was like, well, I mean, I've kind of had three arenas going and three different horses and one rider for all three different arenas. So try that because it doesn't work. Yeah. And one of the horses is gray. Okay. So yeah. One of the horses is gray, and it it lays just in the poop. So I don't know what to tell you. That's really funny. It's so true, though. It's so true, and it's a very organic way to learn it. And yeah, so it's that's really funny to hear that you got to say that. But it's it's awesome. I mean, they are it's life skills, and it's wonderful. I feel like for our parents because you learn all these lessons without being forced to by your parents, like you're, you just have the natural, you know, actions and consequences life cycle that 
that happens. And then you have this animal that's dependent on you. And it's just one of the best ways I feel like that we can learn all these things. Yeah, I always tell myself this and actually other people sometimes when I meet them is if I didn't have horses in my life, I'd be a completely different person because a, I wouldn't have the horses and then also my attitude for certain things or just my, like my personality overall in general and like how I see different things and how I manage different things would be completely different. Like exact, I mean, maybe not exact opposite, but pretty close to like, I mean, going from 100% to like 70% or something. And so it makes it a lot easier also like on the parents because they're, the trainers teach like some of those ideas and then also like the horse because it is a living animal. And so it teaches you like responsibility, like that's a living animal. You have to go and feed it or you have to exercise it. Well, and one thing, one thing I think is like so huge, and I know you and I have talked about this a lot, is the emotional control that you learn when you have, yeah. I mean, animals in general, but especially horses, because you're riding an animal and like, if you cannot control your emotions, I mean, that's the one thing that, you know, right. They don't, they don't really care what you look like. They just care how you make them feel. And yeah. if you're bringing all this angst and baggage to your ride, 10 out of 10, you're going to have a bad ride. And I think for kids, especially, it's just one of the best ways to teach emotional control. And obviously you need people to help facilitate that, but it's just, it's pretty easy to figure that out. And sometimes it's like, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't ride today. I just need to groom my horse. Yeah. Honestly, um, I, I mean, you, you watched me grow up through all of my teenage years. So you knew there was like, there was so many different emotional parts of it. Like, honestly, and it was interesting, though, how if I would be, like, talked to by my parents, it had no effect on me. I mean, you know, a little effect, but not much. And then, but if I went to the barn and, like, just groomed my horse or something, I'd get in the car and be all happy after and, like, totally fine. And so it was really interesting how I, like, just being at the barn, like, that whole atmosphere not even, like, yeah, the people around you, but just, like, the horse. I always say, like, my horse is, like, my therapy. <laughs> but also, like, having kind of, like, an older person, like, as your, not, like, just as your friend, but also as, like, somebody that you look up to, which was kind of, like, you and Tina. And so it was really nice to have somebody that was not just somebody that was at my school, not somebody that was my age, like they had experienced all these things and they could kind of help me through it. But it wasn't my parents because obviously all teenagers are going to rebel against their parents at some point and not listen to what they're saying. So that's actually really interesting that you said that because, you know, horse people, we all we all have this. I don't know. I feel like we just have this label. We're a little crazy, which I mean, we are. We're, we're a little crazy, yeah. right? We'll sacrifice, you know, pretty much anything to be able to hang with our horses or give them whatever they need. But it's really interesting because I've had two people bring this up to me and we were chatting about it. And I think what I've noticed with the 
kids specifically that I've been able to watch grow up and even have just a small part of their education. When you have a barn and you have a barn family and then you have the horses, I think your world gets bigger. And I think sometimes it can be really crazy time in school, like specifically middle school and high school, because that's just like your world, right? Like you just go to school and that's it. And whatever activities you're in, you're usually like around some of the same people all the time, some mixture of the same people all the time. And I think with the horses, you're around like, how many times did you take a lesson with an adult or vice versa or with younger kids or older kids? Like you're just mixing people from all walks of life that have totally different goals. And I think your world expands. And I remember for myself and I know for like a lot of kids that, like I said, that I've watched grow up, it's almost like they realize that it's not the end all. Like there's a whole world out there that doesn't involve school and it's really, really important, but there's sometimes not the best things that come out of like social situations at school. Like sometimes there's amazing things, but there's a lot of like peer pressure and there's a lot of bullying and there's a lot of things that happen and just a lot of stress with social media. And I've really seen that in the past, you know, I don't know, five, six years where it's just like, the barn becomes that haven. And then it almost just raises the bar where it's like, you know, it's okay. Like there's just more to it. And I'm cool here. I'm cool with my horse. So like, I think I'm pretty okay. Like, you know, and I, I don't know, I can't quite, you know, put my finger on it, but I've, I've definitely noticed that. And so, yeah, I don't know if that was kind of your experience or not, but it's really interesting. It was, yeah, because I think I think what you're trying to get at is that in the past five or six years is that social media has become like such a big thing in honestly everybody's life, no matter like how old they are. Um, it's affected us so much that doing something that doesn't have to do with social media and it doesn't have to do with what you look like and it doesn't have to do with who you hang out with it's just made it like the barn seems so much better. And it is better because you don't have all of that drama and all of the stuff that comes with school. Very grounding. Yes. And it's yeah. so it's so nice to like just go to the barn and for you don't forget the real world. You unplug. You unplug yeah, for a minute. You just yeah. unplug. It's like when people go on retreats or yeah. on vacation, it's like you're hour two hour vacation yeah um so yeah it's really nice yes exactly exactly that's exactly what I was trying to say yeah okay so I have a couple of questions before before I let you go so where you're sitting now if you could look in the future like what are your goals and kind of what metrics do you so like are you really focused on just Callie and your relationship with her and just kind of feeling it out and whatever happens do you have some specific things how do you kind of create goals for yourself and where do you see you yourself carrying it as your school really starts to amp up so um I kind of set goals just by seeing I kind of like have to I don't personally like ask myself where I'm at Like, I just kind of go along with life saying, like, well, this looks like it's the best next step. So for me, like, with school, I'm like, okay, well, transferring to this school or going to this med school is going to be the next right step. 
and like how that also applies to horses is that when I'm riding, I'm like, okay, well, if I did this show, it would be really good for my horse. Or I might say, like, my horse is crazy right now. There's no way I'm going to a horse show. Um, and so personally with my horse, I think right now she's in such a good spot because we had just gone to a show and I finally had that round where I was like, this is it. Like, this is the moment. So I feel like safe enough to go to more shows and that it's going to continue on that way. But I also know that I don't want to like push her and go to like maybe five shows in a year, just like one or two. And I have just started the jumpers rather than the hunters. So I am kind of moving into that. I know a lot of people move from hunters to jumpers when they get older a lot. Because we like to just have fun. Yeah, we just like to go fast. Go fast and have fun. Yeah, but way in the future, like after I go to med school and hopefully I make enough money to buy a really nice horse, I do want to go back to the hunters and I do want to like, I never had the, really the, like the money to go to any like, you know, McClay finals or any of the like finals back east or anything like that. But I've always wanted to do that. And I just knew practically that was not for me (laughs) at the time. So hopefully, like, way in the future, I want to do something like that. Um, But I know I'm just going to, right now, with going to school, I just kind of want to, like, I'll do one show a year. And I'll just personally, like, keep on getting a connection with my horse, like, doing my groundwork, doing, like, everything that makes it so that I can, like, understand my horse better. Because even though I've had her for, like, eight or nine years... Like, I don't think it really ever stops, like, um, getting to know your horse. So I think there will be, like, certain things. Like, maybe I'll, like, put a friend on my... I've currently done this a couple times, which has scared me, but it was okay. Um, Like, I'll put a friend on my horse or something and just have him sit there so my horse knows that it's okay to have another person on me besides, like, me or, like, Al or Tina or something. Because that's really the only people that have been on her. So, like, little things like that, because, like, what if I have kids and I want to put my kid on my horse? (laughs) What's going to happen there? (laughs) But she is getting older, so I'm kind of, like, toning it down a little bit. And I think that's one of the benefits, because I know we've talked about this, is when you don't just have competitive goals. Like, going to a show is kind of the cherry on top, but it's not necessarily, like, the meat and potatoes of it for you. And you're fulfilled by, as you said, kind of being able to go to the barn and have that experience every single day. So when I think you look at it realistically, then you give yourself the space without the pressure to say, oh my gosh, like this show works perfectly with my schedule. We're going to do it. And it's going to be really, really fun instead of being super stressed about it. Yeah. If I said like, oh my gosh, I have five finals and they're my worst classes ever and I don't know how I'm gonna do on them but there's also a show that week I'm not gonna go to the show because that would be a bad decision which is really like the whole sacrificing part even in high school not just in college um it still like carries over no matter really what grade you're in or I guess honestly what point in life you are like even your job like maybe you're a doctor and maybe you have a whole bunch of appointments scheduled this week that only your clients can do that week Obviously, you're not going to go to the show because you want to, like, I don't know, you want to help people or something. So, yeah, there is a lot of sacrificing with that. 
but it's okay because it works out because yeah for me at the barn it's not I don't ride to make sure I'm gonna do 100% at the show I ride to be like oh well my horse is freaking out over here in this part of the arena so let me just hang out over here for a little bit or certain things like oh if I take her on a trail she's weird when she doesn't have another horse with her so let me take her by herself or something and maybe I just have to like walk her around and like or even on the ground or something you know like little things like that yeah there's a lot of ways to have fun with that yeah so I think you have to start small and then all those small things like build up to being something bigger like a horse show or something yeah and that's how I see progress yeah exactly Okay, so now before before I let you go, the last question I have for you is if you could look back and give advice to your younger self or let's say there are other kids listening to this or that would listen to this, what would that advice be? Stick with it. It's not really advice for me, but for other people because it's really hard Sometimes when you go home from a lesson, you're like, that was the worst lesson in the world, but it's okay because the next lesson is just going to be twice as good. Like you learn something from that and it only gets better. And for myself, I would say maybe study a little bit more <laughs> because honestly, in the beginning, I, um, I did slack with my homework. I was like, well, oh, I'm going to go ride horses because this is so much more exciting but then after like a month or something, I was like, well, that's not really working out for my grades. So I would tell myself to study more than horses. The horses are always going to be there. There you go. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, Corey. I, I learned something new every time we do one of these episodes. Thank you for sharing your story. And I think that a lot of people will find it very relatable. And we're yeah. so excited for your next steps. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening in on this episode, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Leading Rain. We hope you loved it, and we can't wait for you to hear next week's episode. But until then, happy trails.